21, Psalms 121. Get your Bibles, because the pastor's not going to put it on the screen tonight, so you're going to need your Bibles. Psalms 121, beginning at verse number one, it just says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. And he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Verse number four, behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this, from this time forth and even forevermore. Keep your Bibles open because we're going to go through this. If I if I, I thought that um, you all would talk tonight, I let you all teach this lesson. I will let you all teach this lesson tonight. But seem, seem, so it seems like sometimes y'all don't want to talk. So I'll just go ahead and teach the lesson because I always think I have something to say. When you look at this book, and we all know Psalms don't have chapters when you look at this book, let me just start off by saying this is the most, one of the most comforting and encouraging books, Psalms 121. The fact of the matter is, it's all about uh, help for our troubles and our trials. And so tonight, I want to encourage somebody's heart, if I could just encourage one or two people. I want to encourage you tonight, and we're just going to just talk about tonight uh, when your journey in life seems bleak and uncertain, when your journey in life seems bleak and uncertain. I'm quite sure that if uh, we would be transparent during this pandemic, there could probably come a time when you may have felt uh, that uh, life was uncertain. <laughs> and now it don't have nothing to do with you being saved. It don't have nothing to do with you going to heaven. It just has something to do with the fact, amen, it is what it is. And so tonight I want to talk to you that when your journey uh, in life seems bleak, and what we mean by bleak, we mean hopeless, uh, we mean depressing. We mean gloomy. All right. Uh, you'd be surprised at uh, how many depressed saints uh, is around. And somebody said, Pastor, that don't even sound right. Using the word depressed and uh, saints in, this, in the same sentence. Well, we might as well face reality. Amen. The spirit of depression, it doesn't care uh, who it try to get a hold of. Amen. That spirit of hopelessness, that spirit of uh, despair. Uh, did you not know that going around being gloomy all the time? That's a spirit. That's a spirit. And so tonight we want to 
through this particular Psalms, try to encourage your hearts and lift your spirits. So when your journey, when your journey uh, in life seems hopeless, when it seems depressing, when it seems gloomy, when it seems uncertain, this Psalms is going to help you. Let me start off by saying that you all know Solomon. He was the wisest man of his time, Solomon. And um, Solomon, he, he oftentimes warned about the uncertainty of life. The fact of the matter is you might want to write down Proverbs 27 and verse number one. Uh, the wise man, he, he, he just simply says, boast not thyself of tomorrow. All right. In other words, he advised, he said, for thou knowest not what a day, what a day may bring forth. And that's the reason why it's important that we live one day at a time. Some of you are trying to live uh, one week at a time, one month at a time. Some of y'all worry about what you're going to buy for Christmas next year. Just got through Christmas a few days ago. Uh, I think that the wise man is talking to you. He said, because we know it's not <clears throat> what a day may bring. And so toward the, the end of, of Solomon's life, Solomon reaffirmed the truth uh, that we cannot know the future. And so he stated uh, bluntly that the only thing in life, and I don't want you to miss this, the only thing in life that is certain is death. <laughs> All right, let me let me let you in on that again. The only thing, the only thing in life that is certain is death. And so and so most of us, most of us live with an awareness uh, that our lives can change drastically. You know, I tell you all, all the time, all it takes is one phone call. Uh, all it takes is a letter in the mail. That's all it takes. It don't take that much. And it can, all it takes is one visit to the doctor and it can change your entire uh, life around. All right. And so, and so, and so, uh, you know, the story about Job, you know, the story about Job, Job, Job in one day. Now watch it. It didn't take a week. It didn't take a month. In one day, in one day, Job lost his possessions. He lost his employees, his, his uh, livelihood. And, and, and most tragically, uh, he lost 10 beloved children all in one day. I want y'all to let that sink in all in one day. He lost, he lost 10 children. And then shortly after Job also, you know, the story how he lost his health. And so, and so think about it. Think it for a second. <clears throat> one day he had everything. He had prosperity. He had health. Uh, Job had a thriving business. He had a loving family. And the next day, <clears throat> right where you are, just say the next day, right where you sit and just say the next day he lost it all. All right. And so Job's experience proves to all of us that tomorrow holds no guarantee. And so when you look at Psalms 121, when you look at Psalms 121, <clears throat> Psalms 121 is one of the most 
really beautiful psalms in the Holy Scriptures because it was sung by God's people uh, in the face of threatening uncertainties. And now, of course, while its author and the occasion of its writing is not uh, known, you all do know that David did not write all of the psalms. In this particular psalm, Psalms 121, the author is, is unknown. Uh, but we do know that it was sung by the Jews who traveled to Jerusalem to worship three times a year. Let me give you a little background. Three times a year, uh, they journeyed from all over the land up to Zion to observe the feast. And so the journey was long. It was exhausting and uh, it was filled with with hazards. They didn't they didn't take uh, a, a, a red eye uh, there. They didn't drive Mercedes and Escalades and BMWs and Mercedes Benz. All right. Their journey, uh, uh, their journey uh, was quite hazarded. And so yet these faithful Jews plotted on with a song on their lips. This was a song that they would sing. Can I encourage somebody tonight? Don't ever lose your song. Uh, Holy Ghost says, say, don't ever, don't ever lose your song. Always keep your song. Don't worry about what key you sing it in. Don't worry about whether or not you, you, you know all the words. Sometimes you have to make up some words. Don't forget, it's your song. And you sing it in whatever key you want to sing it in. Add whatever words you want to add long as your song blesses you. Uh, don't ever lose your song. Don't hang your harp up on the willow and don't ever declare, how can I sing the Lord's song in a strange land? And I'm not going to preach tonight. I feel like but I'm not going to preach. I'm going to teach. Uh, 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 don't ever say, I don't feel like singing. Because when the devil can get your song, come on, it's something about when the saints sing. That's another lesson. But they they journeyed with they journeyed with a with a song on their lips, for they knew that they did not walk alone. And, 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 and so the one whose presence was in the distant hills was always with them as they travel. And he was ever near to help and to keep them. Now, what you have to understand that the journey of the faithful to the temple is a picture of our journey through life. All right. I want you to picture it as a picture of our journey through life. We are strangers. We are we are pilgrims on this earth. Did you all know we did not come here to stay? This this world is not our home. We're just like them. We are on a journey. We are we are traveling. <clears throat> Some of us act like we we we've come here uh, that we've come here to stay. No, we didn't. We didn't come here to stay. We are on a journey. <clears throat> All right, and, and and likewise, just like just like just like them, just like them, our journey can be exhausting. It can be dif difficult. And sometimes it can even be dangerous. 
Once again, I ain't talking about your love for God right now. I need I need some transparent people to, to that would say, Pastor, Amen. Sometimes this way gets difficult. Sometimes life is exhausting, and sometimes it's dangerous. And so, <clears throat> as we press on, we've got to lift our eyes to the heavens and be strengthened by the assurance that the one who awakes us there always walks with us here. Even though he's waiting for us there, he walks with us here. Pastor, how do you know he waiting on me? Well, I'm going to tell you how he know he waiting on you. I'm going to tell you. Because he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again. And I receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. So while he awaits us there, I need y'all to hear me. He is walking with us here. Well, let's get into this text. Let's get into the text. Let's get into the text. Because there's several things I want you all to see here in this text. It's four things, four things, and we're going to try to get through them as quickly as possible. It's right there. I'm going to leave it on the screen so that you all can kind of write it down, take a picture of it, because this is very important. Because when you look at verses one and two, it declares that the Lord is your helper. I want y'all to know the Lord is your helper. And then verses three and four, it talks about how the Lord is your guardian, Verses five and six talk about the Lord is your protector. All of this is in that text. And verses seven and eight deals with the Lord is your keeper. (laughs) He's your helper. He's your guardian. He's your protector. He's your keeper. Let's deal with this tonight. Let's, 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 let's deal with it. I'm not going to read all the verses over again. You could just kind of glance down at them as I talk about them and let the Lord inspire you and give you some revelation and some and some inspiration at the same time. But verses one and two, he says, the Lord is your helper. <clears throat> you see, the trip, I just said, to Jerusalem for them was hard. It was hazardous. Yet God's devoted people, they knew that they did not travel alone. All right. And so as they marched to Zion, they declared confidently that the Lord was their helper. You have to start declaring that. Start declaring the Lord is my helper. When you get into a tight spot, start declaring the Lord is my helper. Because watch this, he would provide strength for their burdensome journey. And, 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 and he would keep faithful watch over them. And so, and so here's the thought, and I don't want you to miss it. As we journey through life, I told y'all this was a journey. As we journey through life, it is easy to focus on its challenges, trials, and uncertainties. It's easy to focus on that. Life difficulties can completely consume us, causing us to lose sight of the truth that we do not bear our burdens alone. 
And so we need to lift up our eyes to God. <laughs> lift up our eyes to God. Okay? Picture his heavenly throne and remember that he is available to help us at all times. Every moment of the day, God is there to help us. Well, let me put some scripture. Let me put some scripture. Write it down. Hebrews 4 and 16. Look what he says. He said, let us, let us come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Somebody, you need to hear that. I know you know it. huh? I, I, I know you know it, but you need to hear it again that we can find grace, his grace, to help us in the time of, uh, in the time of need. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Come on, shout hallelujah. Because he'll help us in the time, in the time of need. And, and so, and so, and so it's wonderful because even more comforting, and I believe the saints need to be comforted <laughs> during this time. We need to be confident. And, and so even more comforting, his presence is within us. I don't want y'all to miss that. His presence is within us. In the same way that God's presence literally dwelled on Mount Zion, the Lord actually lives within believers today through his Holy Spirit. Do you all know that he lives inside of you? Come on here. He lives inside of you. <laughs> Can I put some scripture on it? First Corinthians 6, 19, write it down. He says, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple. In other words, it is the dwelling place of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Your body, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost is inside of you. Have it ever dawned on you then why David said, and I believe it's Psalms 46, that, 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 that God is our refuge and our strength. He's a very present help. Do you know why he's a very present help? Because he's inside of you. <laughs> Glory be to God. I almost jumped over the desk just then. Yeah, I did. Listen, he's already there. You, you, you don't have to wait for him to get to you. It ain't like calling 911 and waiting on the ambulance. He's already in you. His unlimited power is in us. Working in us to do what we cannot do in our own strength. Has to put some scripture on that. Put some scripture on that. I'm glad that you told me to. Because Ephesians 3 and 20, let's just look at verse 20. Now unto him, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And here's the part I want you to get to according to the power that worketh in us. So he's in us. What power are they talking about? My God, I'm going to feel like teaching tonight. 
What power are they talking about? They're talking about the Holy Ghost power. They're talking about the power that I just told you of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. Let's, 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 let's not take it for granted that God's spirit and that God's power is inside of us. You don't have to be defeated. You don't have to walk around with your head hung down. You don't have to feel uh, 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 like nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. You don't have to feel like you're going to go under in this pandemic. Why? Because the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost power lives inside of you. And so when you face difficult circumstances, the Lord will help you. When we fear what the future may bring or what others may do to us, my God, he'll strengthen you. When you feel overwhelmed by life's pressures, the Lord will uphold you. We need not fear. We need not faint in the face of adversity. And we need not feel insufficient for whatever challenges we encounter. Because he who made heaven and earth, he is our helper. Don't ever say what you can't do. I like to tell folk, don't tell me what I cannot do. When Jesus is my fortress, fortress and a constant friend is he. Don't tell me where I cannot go. I can go anywhere I want to go because God is my helper. And so in assuring us of God's unwavering love, write down Romans 8 and 35. Just write it down because Paul, he listed he listed some of the severe trials that we may face in our lives. Come on. But then when you look at verse number 37 of the eighth chapter, the book of Romans, he says that through Christ, hey, he said that we are not merely conquerors in all things. He said we're more than conquerors. I mean, there's a difference in just being a conqueror and more than a conqueror. I'm wondering how many, I can't see y'all tonight, but I wonder how many more than conquerors do I have online? Come on here, somebody. How many more than conquerors do I have? He says that we are more than conquerors, no matter what we have to face. I stop by here to put it in your spirit and to remind you that you are more than a conqueror. And so he is our help. That's what, that, that, that's what the first two verses, first two verses says he is our help. And just in case, just in case I didn't give you enough, there go some more scriptures. Write them down real quick. So when you feel like you need some help, go to those scriptures. Go to those scriptures. Hebrews 13 and 6. He says, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. You got to be bold about saying it. Can't be intimidated and shy. Be bold. The Lord is my helper. Psalm 46 and 1, I already quoted, God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. In Psalms 54 and, and, and 4, behold, God is my helper. He said, behold. And when you look at the word behold, in other words, I want everybody to know. I, I want to decree this thing. I want to declare this thing. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. And then Isaiah 41 and 13, he says, for I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand. My God, he said, I'm going to hold your hand. Yee, glory be to God. Somebody, you need to hear that. God is God is holding your hand. And then he says, listen what he's, he's saying to you. He said, fear not, I will help thee. Somebody, you need to know God's holding your hand. 
And he's saying, don't fear. Why? Because he's going to help you. And so the first thing he says, he says that God is our helper. And then the next thing I see when you look at verse three and four, he said, the Lord is your guardian. Now, now, now you need to understand something here. When you look at that word guardian, really the word guardian really is the Lord is your uh, a caretaker. Oh, y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. Hallelujah. The Lord is your caretaker. <laughs> because, because in addition to, to being our helper, the Lord is also our guardian. Now, because as the Israelites, as they journeyed up to Jerusalem, the Lord watched over them, diligently keeping them, watch this, from all danger. When you look at verse number uh, 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 four, it says, behold, he that keepeth Israel. All right. And, and I keep telling y'all, put your name in the text. Write in your Bible, put your name. Uh, uh, put put in there if you got some. Say, 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 behold, he that keepeth Gary. Oh, y'all ain't gonna talk to me. He that keepeth Rebecca. He that keepeth Kim. Don't put sister. Don't put brother. Don't put don't put superintendent or pastor. Uh, 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 Sister Lori, don't put what you want to be. Uh, uh, put Lori. He, he behold, he that keepeth Lori, because God's word is just as alive today as it was when he first written it. Amen. And so when you see that word keeper, when you see the word keep, keep means to guard. It means to protect. It means to watch over. It means to tend to. It means to exercise diligent care over. Uh, and this is, uh, this is the first of six times it is used in Psalms 121. This is the first of six times, all right? And so the psalmist's point is clear and it's comforting that God watches over every single one of his followers. Just as he took care of Israel, he's going to take care of us. And the psalmist proceeded to repeat the assuring truth that the Lord never slumbers. So you ain't got to worry about, oh, glory be to God. You ain't got to worry about him dozing off. He never slumbers. And then he turns around and he reinforces it again by adding that he never sleeps. Now, I tried to do a research on what's the difference between sleep and slumber, and they came up with the same definitions for both. So I had to just come to the conclusion that slumber and sleep is the same thing. Now, if y'all got a different answer, you tell me afterwards, because you might have a better dictionary than I have. I don't mind if you do. But he never slumbers, first he says. Then he says he never sleeps. He never dozes off. Uh, and somebody, oh, thank you, Jesus. You need to go to sleep tonight. You staying up worrying about Whatever you, whatever have you worrying, go to sleep. Ain't no need of everybody staying up. And if God's going to be up, you might as well go to sleep because he's never sleeps and he never slumbers. And how comforting this is. I want to share this thought with you. I want to share this thought with you. How comforting it is to know that the Lord diligently guards us. 
just as he did the nation of Israel. Now, now just take a moment and just consider some of the ways God guarded and cared for Israel in the Old Testament. You know these, he parted the Red Sea for his people to cross through. Then he rejoined the waters at the precise moment uh, that the Egyptians were crossing, miraculously providing food and water in the wilderness, protected his people from all sorts of peril or danger as they journeyed, healed his people diseases, caused the walls of Jericho to collapse, gave his people victory over their enemies. And how many of you know God is no respecter of person? Oh, thank you. I said God is no respecter of person. God's going to provide you with food. God's going to provide you with water. God, 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 he going to heal you of all manner of dis, uh, of diseases. I know we got some folk on here that got a testimony that God is a healer. The world don't believe it, but God is a healer. How many of y'all know he'll cause your walls to come down and God will give you victory over your enemies. He'll make your enemies your footstool. He'll prepare a table before you in the presence of uh, your enemies. And then he'll anoint your head with oil. He'll cause your cup to run over. And so God, not only, my God, he not only watched over his people as a whole, but also guarded each of them individually throughout their daily activities. Hallelujah. And so in the same way, the Lord knows intimately and cares deeply for each of his dear sons and daughters. And as an example of how closely our heavenly father watches over us, Jesus said that he, he even keeps record of how many hairs is on your head. And, and, and some of y'all was combing your hair today and you left some hair in a brush. You left some hair in the comb. And just to show you how much God loves you and cares about you, he recalculated the number of hairs that you had. He know the difference. I ain't going to say that. All right. And so not only does God watch, yeah, y'all know what I was getting ready to say. <laughs> he know the, he know what's your hair and what's not your hair. He know the weave from your hair. He know the bun from your hair. Y'all ain't got to talk back here to me. God knows, Sister Lori said, move on, move on. He calculates. I'm just showing you how good God is. When I go to, uh, when I go to trim this up, Brother Chris, he knows. He recalculates the hair on my face, the hair on my chin. That's how much God, that's how precise God is. That's how much he loves us. Uh, nobody, nobody. And then he loves us individually. I know he loves us collectively, but he loves us. He loves us individually. The Lord is the God of the individual. He glory. He's the God of the individual. Society have us as a number. He, but God don't have us as, as a number. He knows us by our name. Put some Bible on it, preacher. Right now, St. John, the 10th chapter, verse number 14. He says, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. I need somebody to know God knows you. He knows you by your name. He knows each of us personally and he knows every detail about us. God knows every detail about us, every detail about us. 
You can't hide nothing from him because he already knows every detail about us. And so he accordingly, he guards our every step. He even, he even, this going to bless somebody. He even assigns his mighty angels to us, giving them strict orders to protect us wherever we go. Mm. Y'all, somebody missed it. He gives his angels strict orders to protect us no matter where we go. Oh, write down Psalms 91, verse 11 and 12, because I got to move on. If I dealt with that, we'd be here until next Christmas. He said, he'll give his angels charge over thee. My God, and he does it to protect us. And so we need to think. We really need to stop complaining and mumbling and complaining. And we need to think of all the times we narrowly escaped incidents where injury or even death might have occurred. When that car hit me years ago, going 120 miles per hour, and the doctor told me that I was going to be paralyzed for the rest of my life. And when I woke up that morning, the devil told me, you can't move. And I told the devil, devil, you a lie. And I got up out the bed and I've been moving ever since. I'm talking about incidents and accidents that should have taken us out of here. What about the times? What about the times? What about the times when your plans did not work out or when they were delayed or when we strangely, my God, led, uh, uh, was going on a totally different route than what was planned. The Lord's hand was upon us. Surely, surely this is the work of the Lord and his angels on our behalf. The ordering of our steps and the arranging of of circumstances, Ooh, glory for our protection. You need to understand, God sometimes steps in there mm, and he allows his angels to arrange circumstances. Yeah, that's why That's why the Bible said, in everything, give thanks. This is the will of God concerning you because while you think you have it bad, you done arrange some stuff. Yeah, glory. You should have been cut off long time ago. Let me rephrase that. We should have been cut off long time ago, but God arranged some stuff. You should have lost your house long time ago, God arranged. You should have lost your job, God arranged. Come on here, somebody. You should have lost your life, God arranged. God, he's in the arranging business and he will arrange your circumstances. And the reason he does it is for your protection. And then not only does the Lord not only does he guard our physical lives, but he will also defend us spiritually if we stay close to him. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll defend us. My God, my God. How many of y'all know God will defend us? Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless. Y'all know it. Y'all know it. Y'all know it. My God, he, he, he'll defend us because we have an adversary whether y'all know it or not, we have an adversary. And that devil, he goes around and he accuses us. My God, he accuses us. And you know what I've discovered? You might not admit it, 
but some of his accusations are true sometimes. Y'all ain't going to talk back here to me. Says sometimes all of them ain't false. Come on, call them ain't false. And he accuses the brethren. He accuses the sisters. But thank God we have an advocate. Thank God I have a mediator. Thank God I have a protector that will change that situation around. And he defends us spiritually. But we got to stay close to him. He's able to keep us from falling into sin. He's able to keep us from unfaithfulness. He's able to keep us from unbelief. He's he's able to keep us from believing every wind and doctrine that comes along. And he'll have us declaring that I know in whom I believe. And he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Yeah, he's a keeper. We ain't got that yet. And so watch this. Watch this. Watch this. And so we must stay close to him by abiding in his word, by abiding in him. And if we drift away from the Lord by neglecting by neglecting prayer and by Bible reading and by worship and other spiritual disciplines, you know, those are spiritual disciplines. You got to discipline yourself to pray. You have to discipline yourself to read the Bible. Ah, you got the disciplines. Guess what? When we, when we don't discipline ourselves, we make ourselves more vulnerable to the enemy's attack. But when we walk close to the Lord's side in total dependence on his power, God will guard us from Satan and he will strengthen us to resist temptation. Oh, he'll do it. Somebody ought to take a moment and type. I know he'll do it. Somebody just type. Just one or two people type. I know he'll do it. Let me move on unless I hold y'all too long. <laughs> not only is not only is he our guardian, but then when you look at verses five and six, you're going to see that the Lord is our protector. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The Lord, he's our protector. The Lord is the protector of his people. Life, I don't care what nobody say, life is full of dangers and pitfalls. It's full of danger and, and pitfalls. I'm talking about danger seen and unseen. You know, the old folk used to testify like that. You know, after they gave all their honors, they would say, I thank God for keeping me from danger. Seen and unseen. You don't know when you when you went to go make that run to the store and you were walking back to your car. You don't know you, you don't know who was in that parking lot that was getting ready to snatch you and take you away. It could have been danger unseen. Oh, but God protected you and he turned that circumstance around. And so life is full of dangers and pitfall, but 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 we do not have to face all the danger alone. God's presence is always with us, keeping us safe through everything that we go through. Well, glance at verse number five. I want to show you all something. I want to show you something right here in the text. In verse number five, it'll let you know that the Lord is your protector. <laughs> Here's, here's, here's how he protects. A, his presence is a protective shade or shield against all trials. All right, one of the greatest dangers, one of the greatest dangers of traveling in Judea was prolonged exposure to the scorching sun. You gotta remember, they didn't drive in Mercedes Benz with air condition. 
It was a long journey. And so that was one of the greatest dangers of traveling. And, and even in this, even with the hot sun, the Lord protected his people. He protected them from nature. <laughs> I mean, no, God's in control of nature. Hey, glory be to God. Listen, he, he, he was their shade from the blistering heat. Mm. God, God was their shade. Don't tell me what God, you know, ain't Vassy, Mother Harold years ago testified that God was a plumber. How she was having trouble with something and she just prayed and the Lord unstopped it. And then I think Mother Taylor testified he was an electrician. Come on, we had all kinds of testimonies. And even though it might have been funny during the time they were testifying, but God will be whatever you need him to be. Come on, y'all remember the story we told when Sister Teresa couldn't get her trunk open on, on the old BMW for months? And it cost too much money to get another key made. And, and, and they said it wasn't going to work. And we were down at Target one day, me and Sister Teresa and, 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 and Brother Charles, our son. And we walking out of there that we paid for our stuff and walking to the car. And for no reason at all, Charles laid his hand on the trunk of that car and then told his mama, said, open up the trunk. And she first said, well, you know, it ain't opening. And he said, open up the trunk. And she pushed that button. And that trunk came open. And I want y'all to know I still got the car. And the trunk is still opening. Don't tell me. Now somebody's going to say, God's a mechanic. I, you call him what you want to call him. Hey, but he's a very present help. He was their shade. I hope I'm blessing somebody tonight. He was their shade from the blistering heat. Now David did say, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. He was their shade. He kept them from collapsing in the heat. <laughs> in the heat of the day. And so in addition, his comforting presence gave them desperately needed relief from the difficulties of their journey. He was always at their right hand, always available always near. How many of you know he'll help us through the scorching sun? And I'm not just talking about the, I'm not just talking about the sun that, 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 that comes up, but sometimes you find yourself in heated situations and God will be your shade. Come on here, somebody. You won't have to faint. He'll be your shade. My God, he'll quench that thirst that arrowhead or Kirkland can't quench. Hallelujah. Why? Because he's living, he's living water and he'll cool you down. And so while the threat, what time is, all right, while the threat, while the threat of sunstroke diminished with the setting sun, night brought danger of his own. So they had to worry about the heat and they had to worry about the danger at night. Robbers and ravious animals often lurked in the moonlight shadow. The sudden change of temperature from the day's extreme heat to the chill of night is sometimes caused illness. And it still caused illness. Y'all know I'm telling you the truth. Some of y'all, you go in from the outside sun to, 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 to getting arthritis and so thoughts and, and, and every shoulder pain because it's cold. Somebody ought to say, teach, pastor. 
My God, some people of ancient times thought the moonbeams affected people both physically and mentally. So consequently, they feared exposure to the moon. And many even covered their children's faces at night while they slept. My God, but the Lord who shaded his people during the day, he also shielded them during the night. And I come here to let somebody know he'll shade you in the daytime and he'll shield you at night. Yeah, he never slumbers nor sleep. He stood guard over them while they rested. And I need y'all to know he stand guard over you while you rested. He protects our homes. It ain't the alarm system. It ain't the bars you have. It ain't that, it ain't that, it ain't that machete that's under your bed. It ain't that butcher knife that's under your pillow. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. Come on, somebody. It ain't that gun you have locked up in the closet. My God, he never sleeps and God never slumbers. He, 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 he encamps around about them that fear him and he protects them. You don't have to fear. And you know, it's getting cold now. And, 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 and I don't know about you, but the house start making noise. You know, you know, they call that settling. It look like after you've been in your house 15, 20 years, it should have settled by then. But no, it keeps on settling. And it start crinkling and making noise. The devil make you jump up and look and seem like somebody coming in. Ain't nobody coming in. It's just that the wind was blowing too hard and the windows wasn't sealed. But the devil is a liar because he's going to be my shade and the Lord's going to be He's going to be my shield. Well, I think I got one more point because it says that his, his, his presence, his presence protects you from all the threatens or troubles that trouble you day or by night. Don't be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also. He said in me. Don't be troubled. Don't be stressed. Everything is going to be all right. And then last but not least, last but not least, you know, he tells us something. He tells us something in verse seven and eight. Here's what he says. The Lord is your keeper. Hallelujah. As God's people climbed the treacherous terrains to, to Zion, they did not fear the threats that surrounded them. They knew that the Lord was the keeper, their preserver. Huh? He would watch over them every step of the way. They were secured in him. You, all, you, you need to be secure in him. Look at verse number seven. It says he will keep you from all harm and preserve your life. The psalmist states very clearly that the Lord will preserve or keep us from evil. Now I need it. I need to. I, I need you to understand something. When you look at that word "evil," evil refers not just to wickedness, but also to anything bad that can happen in our lives. I, I don't want you to miss that. He preserves you from all evil. Okay. He preserves your life. When you speak of life, we're speaking of the soul. Okay, whatever, whatever trouble comes our way, the Lord will keep us from harm 
and watch this, and preserve our souls or lives. Okay, when you look at that word, when you look at soul, it speaks of more than just physical life or the life of the body. Simply defined, it is it is the inner being with its thoughts and emotion. It's the whole person. Oh, thank you, Lord. It's the whole person. So, so he's gonna keep your mind. Hey, glory. Some of y'all think you're gonna lose your mind. The devil is a liar. God is your help. He's gonna preserve your mind. That's what he's saying. He's saying he's gonna do, he's going to preserve your emotions. God will preserve your emotions. Eight o'clock, you're laughing. Eight thirty, you're crying. Nine o'clock, you're smiling. Nine thirty, you're under the covers, with your head covered. That, that 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 your emotions are gone. You got too much emotions going on. God said that I'm gonna preserve your emotions to the point that you'll be able to believe what Ecclesiastes the third chapter say that there's a time to laugh, then there's a time to cry. Come on, somebody. Some folks don't know whether or not they want to laugh or whether or not they want to cry. No, he says, I'm going to preserve your emotions. Your emotions are not going to get the best of you. I'm going to preserve your whole person. And then verse eight, he will watch over all you do as you come and go. He's going to watch over you both now and eternally. He's going to keep watch. And so, and so, and so the Lord's care for his people is complete. It's unending. The psalmist assures us that God watches over us as we go out and come in. Okay. This, this expression depicts a person's leaving his or her home in the morning and returning in the evening. God's going to, he's going to protect you. Okay, it speaks of everything that happens in between, everything we do, every place we go throughout the course of the day. He's going, hallelujah, he's going to do it for you. All right, he's going to do it for you. That's something I got very important that I need you to see. Because I need you to understand that these verses are not teaching that the Lord will always keep us from trouble or adversity that can harm us. And I see that and I don't I don't I don't want y'all to get confused. All right. Now throughout our lives there are many occasions when God does spare us from harmful situations. Okay, we remain alive day by day only because God watches over us and protects us from everything that could destroy us. But at some point, here's what y'all need to understand. If the Lord tarries his coming, all of us going to die. Uh-oh, I was doing so good, wasn't I? All of us is going to die. If Jesus don't come back soon, all of us are going to die. And something will mortally harm our bodies, resulting in physical death. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be gunshot wound to the head. That ain't what I said. Why y'all looking so sad? <laughs> it could be a sickness. We're going to die. Come on. The mortal man is going to die. I need everybody to understand that. 
All right. But now what these verses do teach us is that God is always watching over us. That's, that's what you ought to be focusing on. And he will accomplish his purpose for our lives. Did you not know that whatever you're going through right now, God's still going to accomplish his purpose for your life? Some of y'all be like, some of y'all be like, Lord, if this was a part of your purpose, I don't want it. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Quit saying that. You, who are you to tell God? Come on, when you look at the life of Joseph, everything that Joseph had dreamed about, everything he went through wasn't in his dream, but God had a purpose. And I just have to say this to somebody. I don't know who this is to, but God don't have to give you a reason. God don't have to give you a reason why you might be sick. God don't have to give you a reason why you lost your job. God, tell me why. God ain't got to tell you. Because God don't deal with reason. God deals with purpose. And we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and to those who are the call according to his, somebody ought to shout purpose. And so whenever trouble, when trouble or adversity arises, the Lord will preserve our souls. Okay, who and what we really are. That's what he's going to preserve. Who and what we really are. Your flesh ain't you. Come on, somebody, your flesh ain't you. That's why we have to dye our hair, because that ain't us. If it was you, you leave it the same color. Okay, that's not you. Stop it. I mean, your eyes, your eyes ain't blue. Stop it. That's not you. <laughs> Glory be to God. He is going to preserve what's us, which is our soul. Well, let me close. That's what the, that's what the text is teaching us. Okay? It's not that we're not going to go through. It's not that we're going to have, not have trouble. Look at Job. Look at Joseph. Look at Daniel. Look at Paul. These faithful men were all thrust into situations that brought them tremendous harm, okay? But the harm that afflicted them physically, mentally, and emotionally did not destroy them. That's the point I'm trying to get you to see. It won't destroy you, okay? Because God was watching over them. He preserved them huh? through all the bad things that they had encountered. And in Paul's case, he was ultimately executed by the enemies of Christ. He was executed by the enemies of Christ. But here's the good news. They destroyed Paul's body, but they did not destroy Paul. Okay, let me, let me, let me close the Bible. And that's the reason why Paul says absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. You can destroy the body, but you can't destroy Gary. Yo, somebody, you ought to say you can't destroy and then say your first name. That's right. Because he's going to preserve your soul. He's going to preserve that which no man can destroy. As Jesus instructed us, as he instructed us, we do not need to fear those who can kill our bodies, for they are not able to kill our souls. We belong to God and nothing can change that glorious fact. We are kept by him.
Therefore, we should not live in fear of what may happen to us. Rather, we should rest in the knowledge that whatever happens, it cannot separate us from him because he will preserve thy soul. All right, I've given y'all enough for tonight at 7.30. I just now feel like teaching, but I better let y'all go because I know how this thing goes. But God is your help. All of our help cometh from the Lord. If they don't send a stimulus check, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God will supply every one of your needs according to his riches up in glory. You know, God's still having folks the old folk used to testify. They used to testify how they didn't have nothing to eat. And how they would set the table, put the spoons and the forks and the knives, and the napkins on the table and sit down. And just when they sat down, somebody would knock on the door. And they opened up that door and they would have groceries for them. How I many of y'all know God's still making house calls? Don't put it past him. God will gotta, gotta have somebody bring you some groceries. Gotta have somebody, somebody gotta have somebody pay a bill for you. And you don't even know they paid it until you see that it's paid. Don't tell me what God can't do. God is still in the business of giving away cars. I had somebody give me two cars. God's in the business of that, but you got to seek him and his righteousness. And then he says, all these things shall be at. Don't seek things. You have to seek God and you have to trust God. All right. God bless you all. I've talked enough.